With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Everybody, we're back here, double coverage with the McCordy Twins. Your host, myself, Jay sidekick over there, Devin, T-Mac, whatever you want to call them. Uh, double coverage with the McCordy Twins. Make sure you guys go YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, all of that stuff. All you got to do is double coverage with McCordy Twins, search it, and then make sure you hit that red subscribe button. Uh, to the podcast. Also for you guys tonight, if you want to get a chance to come and be side by side with me and Deb and get a chance to come on and ask a question, all you have to do is download the fan cred app, sign up, you go to the on air and you'll see double coverage. Do that. Click the green button to get in line, go backstage, and then you'll get a chance to come on and be able to ask us a question face to face. So let's jump right into it. Uh, we've obviously been getting a ton of comments and people asking questions um, about the Deshaun Jackson uh, quote or post, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think we it goes without saying we both totally disagree um, with that quote of talking about Hitler. Um, and I thought what was awesome was watching my teammate, and I got a chance to talk to him, Julian Edelman. I thought he did an awesome job of, for one, understanding that no matter what the situation is, hate is not something we want in our country and our world. Um, and really struck up a great deal with Deshaun Jackson, giving each other a chance to educate themselves. Um, and we actually uh, talked about this coming up, and, and I guess that's tomorrow, um, Monday morning quarterback. We had opportunity to write that column this week with Albert Breer away on vacation. And we talked about um, with everything going on in our country, people will stumble and, and try to find your footing and understanding where and how you want to use your voice um, but I, I think it is important that for both of us throughout our whole career and our life, we've both been guys that we want to educate ourselves. We want to know what we're talking about. Um, if you ever look at anything we've said, social media, in the media, it's usually well thought out from both of us. Like, I'm not going to go and just speak because people want me to speak or say this because it's cool. I think you need to be able to have well thought out, educated, informed uh, comments, decisions throughout your life. So that's something that I always hang my hat on. And, you know, I think for me and, and I know for you too, we understand not everybody's going to like that all the time of what you say and sometimes what you don't say. Um, but I think it goes without saying for both of us, um, we disagreed with that, with that quote in that post, um, but also tried to understand and, and, and realize everyone is going to make mistakes. And, and I don't think that's changed for us on our viewpoints. Yeah, and I think it was it was disappointing. I think uh, obviously the statement in himself to include Hitler, uh, somebody that should never be spoken about in a light when you're trying to bring positivity uh, first and foremost, and then uh, to do a little research. And I've seen a lot of people have posted already to see that the 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 quote being attributed to him was also false. And then I think at the end of it too, I, I understand uh, his thought process and uh, trying to uplift uh, black people and let them understand their worth and uh, how important they are. But I think whenever we do that and we choose to do, I think it's an awesome thing. I think when we do that while stepping on somebody else or putting down another community in this aspect, the Jewish community, I think it all, the intent all falls out the window. 
uh, because you can't uplift one group that you feel like has been discriminated against or marginalized by stepping on another group uh, that has also went through their own their own torture and their own hardships um, in, in in this in, in their own space. So I think when you do that, um, it, it was just very disappointing. It was very sad uh, to see that. And I think, like you said, you know what the intent was, but it's like at the same time, nobody cares about intent when the statements are that egregious. So. Uh, very disappointing. I think even what Malcolm Jenkins said, um, it became a distraction to what he really wanted to talk about and what he really wanted to shine a light on was to uplift his people. And all it became was a distraction to what people were trying to do to uplift his people. So um, obviously we got to move on from that. And I think like you just said, I, I, me and Deb talk about this all the time and we even get in arguments about it. Uh, I'm a big believer in no matter who you are, what you do, obviously we play in the NFL, so our platform can be a little bit different than somebody that's doing something different. But everybody has their own platform. And I don't think anybody should ever feel the need that they have to represent or use their platform to the to, to do something that's going to make someone else happy. So I think at the end of the day, we use our platform to say the things we want to say when we want to say them. And I think that's the unique and the, the cool thing about having your own platform. You can impact people the way you want to do so. So I uh, appreciate your uh, statement on that. And I, I, I think they ring true. Yeah. So getting into the thick of the show, man. And um, I, I'm excited about what will be going on. And uh, I think this show will be pretty cool. Um, we have uh, some older guys coming on. We wanted to really do a series highlighting retired guys and not just like the retired guys you see on TV, but just the journey. We, we try to do that during this quarantine off season of just showing you guys the fans behind the scenes, whether it's been free agency, whether it's been Jacoby talking about the draft, um, Logan talking about just being wanted, Jarrell Casey talking about being traded. Um, we just wanted to give fans behind the scenes. So um, this week and next week, uh, we just want to bring on retired players to talk about their journey of being retired, what they're doing now, family life, just so you guys can hear and see um, a real authentic stories of what goes on with some of your favorite players and what they do next in life and um, how a lot of times it's very similar uh, to everybody else's life. So I'm excited about tonight, the guests we got on, and uh, the next uh, week or two coming up. Um, depending on when if training camp don't start, we're going to keep doing podcasts, <laughs> but um, with the thought process of going back to football and getting fully engulfed in training camp. Yeah. So without further ado, uh, our first guest, my guy, G Mac, Gerald McGrath, um, guy who grew up in Georgia, played football at Southern Miss, was drafted in the fourth round in 2009 uh, to the Tennessee Titans with my teammate, uh, a guy that uh, helped me a lot when I first got there. There you go. What's up, G Mac? <laughs> How you doing, man? Good. He got the he got the whistle on, so that means we already know you coaching nowadays. You know, you know, no doubt about it, man. G Mac, when we first got to Tennessee, I was a sixth round draft pick. He was a fourth round, so he had already had his place down in uh, in Tennessee. He was all set to go, and when I ended up making the team, uh, I hadn't got a place yet because I was nervous as heck to know whether I was going to make it, not make it. G Mac let me stay with him for about three weeks. Uh, before I got my place. So that's just the type of guy and the type of teammate uh, he was to everybody, a ton of positive energy. Uh, so definitely want to say appreciate you, say welcome to the show. Uh, just want to get into it a little bit, man. What uh, what has retired life uh, been like for you stepping away from the game? Uh, you played, uh, uh, what, four years 
uh, in the league. And I know you went up to Canada for a little bit, uh, but what's it been like for you once you stepped out of the NFL? Is it better? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. Um, so you know, just going off of what you were saying, turn on one of these lights. So you guys can actually see me at the house. Yeah, man. Um you know, just like J Max said, you know, coming in, like I'm a fourth round draft pick out of University of Southern Mississippi. So I know my Patriots fan, you guys, you you guys know about Southern Miss because my boy Jamie uh was down there after I came out. But um man, that drive and um my experience there at Southern Miss, um, I think laid a foundation for my humbleness uh when I got to the league. Um and I always knew that football is not gonna end. You know, that's something that, you know, my parents and and you hear growing up day by day, you know, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. You always got to have a backup plan. So, I mean, I graduated three and a half years from school um, and I just love the game of football. And so, you know, unfortunately, it ended. um, It ended when I didn't want it to end. But, you know, that doesn't mean anything. A lot of people, a lot of men poured into me um, to give me that ability to further my career. Um, so now, you know, I've done um, some college coaching um, and I, I, I just fell in love with high school ball. I, I fell in love with it to give these young men to empower our youth um, with the opportunities and the information that probably I didn't have to begin with, um, to give them opportunities to see more in themselves, not just on the field, but off the field. You guys know, like I do, that uh, playing in the NFL, playing college ball, that's an opportunity that can change our lives, not not just for us, but generational, you know, and, yeah. and how we raise our families and the opportunities that we can provide our kids that uh, that we probably didn't have. My parents were working middle class. My dad was in the military, aunties and uncles in the military. So, um, you know, I seen my dad go to work every single day, you know, whether he was tired, whether he had the flu, he was sick. You know, he would stay, he would wake up and he would go in. Same thing with my mom. And that just instilled into me to kind of have that perseverance to push through whatever comes through in my way. You know, and I'm not going to lie to you guys, you know, having to step away from the game before you want to step away from it. It's, it's tough. You know, it is tough. You know, we love the game. We love what we do. We love the teammates. We love the locker room. And it's not just uh, – your team, but the opposing team. Like, it, it's, it's awesome because, uh, Jason, you were in the league before Devin. So we got a chance to meet Devin before his career even started. And it's just amazing to see, um, just to see that develop over the course of the years. And you guys really, you, you just appreciate those friendships that you get from the opportunity mm-hmm. of playing in the National Football League. Man, I, before I ask the next question, I just want to let y'all know, Jared Cook is watching on Facebook, and he said, ah, that was big for y'all. I remember visiting. Um, But I'll ask you next, what was the hardest, if you had to pinpoint one thing, what was the hardest adjustment uh, from when you retired and just moving on to that next chapter of your life? Forgiveness. Forgiveness in myself. Um, and, 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 And when I say forgiveness, if, you know, and this is, 
you know, some of this piece is going to be a lot for retired players, guys who careers come to the end, whether it be your high school career, whether it be your college career or anything of that nature. Um, one of the things that we we are taught as men and as athletes is you don't want to live life with regrets. Mm. You know what I mean? You don't want to live with regrets. And I think one of the best things that make a lot of us successful or the reason that we got to that point in our lives um, to be able to play on the national football level is that we saw weaknesses or we saw things where we could grow and, and we and we we didn't avoid those. We took those head on. And, you know, to be out the league and not have control over, you know, if you get picked up. I went to a few different workouts. I went to Houston. I went to Philly, had a workout, private workout with the Vikings, um, went down to Tampa Bay. And every time you go, you, you, you're packing up, you know, you're packing up for four five weeks. And then you're talking to your wife and your kids and saying, hey, you know, as soon as I get settled, I'm bringing you guys up you know, you know, and, and, and things of that nature. And to go to those workouts and you, you pour it all out. And then at the end to be told uh, you're not good enough, you know, that, that was tough, you know, and that, and I, I personally um, took that on, you know, I didn't look at it like, oh man, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I looked at myself and said, well, you know, am I not good enough? And so that was the hardest part, um, is just forgiving myself and understanding that, hey, man, God has a bigger plan for all of us, for all of us. And that's each and every day. Um, and you just got to be willing to trust. You got to be willing to trust and you got to use everything that we've learned over the course of our lives to continue to progress, to continue to progress in whatever endeavors that we do. So that, you know, if, if it was anything, it, it was that, you know, I felt like I held myself accountable and I, I, I'm always been my worstest critic. And so I had to get over myself and allow myself to say, you know what? It just was time. It was time. And, and God wants you to move somewhere else. And so right now I'm in a better place now than what I was uh, when I when you know, when that time ended for me. Yeah. How long would you say it took you to like finally be done with football? Like how many years would you say was still time where I'm still training? I'm still trying to get because people don't realize that you may look at a guy and say, hey, he played five years, but don't realize for the next two years he kept getting a workout here or work out there. And the guys keep training, training. So how long would you say after was your last year playing that you continued to try to get back in before you was like, hey, it's over with. I'm done. I'm moving on. So that 2012 season was my last season um, with the Titans. And, oh, man, to 2015, I was, I, was going, I was going to the YMCA daily, daily. <laughs> and I, was, I, was, I would go in and I would be there for three hours. And I was mm -hmm. going uh, four times a week. You know, if I, you know, some days if it was a lot on my mind, I would go an extra day. I'd go five days a week and, um, you know, going to parks. Um, the crazy thing about it, man, uh, my guy, Tim Shaw, he can tell you, me and Tim, we were working out. We were working out hard um, here in Nashville at a park before he got diagnosed with ALS. And, um, you know, it's just a, it's a testimony to that drive that we have, you know, and you guys know, like I know, man, I've been playing football since I was five years old. So this is all I, you know, this is what I know. And you put that time and you put that effort in and it is, it is tough. 
but I would say three years. I would say three years after my last time playing, I, I still was working out. I still had that in the back of my mind, like, man, something could happen. Somebody could give me a call, and I'm going to be ready to go. Yeah. And so now, like you said, from 2012 till now, what has been the biggest, I guess, lesson learned in retirement? Like you said, in 2012, you were still trying to get into it for the next three years. And then now you say you feel like you're in a better place and you're moving forward and you're you're kind of you're, you're content with what your career was. And now you're focused, like you said, coaching and moving forward. What did what did you learn in, in these past eight years that has gotten you to a point where you feel like, all right, I'm good and I'm moving forward? That I don't have all the answers and that I'm not in control of my life and and, and where it goes. Um, and, and, and that, that being said, like, you know, I've always been a spiritual guy, you know, from, from day one. And if you play in the national football league and you at a training camp, you're going to be spiritual. You guys, <laughs> you guys know. So, um, to understand that I don't have control over my life, but I do have control over the output that I give every single day to the effort that I put in it to, the people that I talk to, um, you know, whether it be kids, whether it be coaching, whether it be, you know, my family, I have control over my attitude and, and over how I carry myself. And, 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 and that was, that was powerful because with that being said, yeah, I might not be in the national football league, but I try to continue to grow every single day and try to learn something new. You know, and and not to be at that place to say, you know what, I've done it all and I'm good. You know, one of the things that I've always said is you I rather I rather show a sign of decrease in my life than be complacent. Because when you get complacent, you don't you don't have that opportunity to grow. You don't because you're you're gonna be okay with where you are. If you if you have that decline, you know, as athletes. Like I said, like we're going to see that like, OK, hey, I'm taking steps back. You know, let me reevaluate where I'm at. What do I need to do to get to to get back to where I was and even better than that? So mm, um, just understanding that, hey, man, I, I don't have control over over what happens, but I do have control over I hand, how I handle that adversity on the day to day basis. Man, that's good. That's awesome. man. I think you know how you hit earlier getting into coaching. With everything going on, you know, in the world, in our country, whether it's COVID now, the rate, all the racial tension in our country, how do you coach these kids up and prepare them? Because you talked about it, not just for football, but as they're in school and whether it's a racial slur or someone's barking at the president and, and not thinking he's right. Like, how do you kind of try to influence and guide these kids as they're going through their own struggles at that, you know, that really in between age of, being an adult and still being a kid, uh, what's some things that you tell them to try to guide them along the way? I, I try to stay vulnerable with my kids. I try to stay vulnerable and I, and, and, and I try to be myself. I try to be myself. And, and, and when I say that is we can group things how we want. We can group things black, white, you know, other colors. But at the end of the day, I try to take it case by case. Everybody is their own person. And if you give everybody that opportunity to show you what they're really about, that can that can change. That can change the narrative. So when I stuck with my kids, regardless of the color, regardless of their background, social status, economic status, 
I treat all my kids the same way. And I treat them all with respect. And, and I and I I remain vulnerable with my kids in allowing them to understand, okay, hey, I've made these mistakes. You know, these are some things that I've done. And, and these are these are the reasons why, you know, I'm on you this way or or this is what I see in you. These are the opportunities that I see in you that you may not see in yourself. And at the end of the day, you you just hope that they'll come out. And when they get to that point in their lives to where they recognize like, hey, man, God has a bigger role for me. And they look back around the people that they've been in contact with. They can decipher the good people from the negative people. And they can they can decipher who meant them well and 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 who was not on their side. And if you you if you take that type of approach, then we'll eliminate that cult, that color, that 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 bear will eliminate altogether because now we're going case by case, person by person. You're giving that opportunity for somebody to show you their character, integrity, if they're accountable, if they're respectable, all of that. And so I try to take that that mindset to all my kids. And I try and I and I I am purposely um trying to teach, you know, treat everyone the exact same way. I don't, I don't, you know, I was talking, it's crazy you guys asked me that. I was talking to one of my seniors today and I was talk, telling him like, you know, what leadership to me looks like. You know, and I'm and I'm sharing sharing some of my stories about, you know, and I'm at Southern Miss and you know, nobody's given us a chance of day. And in order for me to get that recognition, I had to bust my butt every single day. And I knew that at the end of the day, I needed the guys beside me. And so if I wanted to be a great leader, I couldn't yell at the guys. I had to motivate those guys. I had to pick those guys up. I had to tell those guys, hey, man, I appreciate what you're doing. Hey, man, come on along with me. You know, I got your back. And, you know, I would hope that at the end of the day, guys that I play with, would would recognize that and understand you know what type of teammate that I was and so you know I'm trying to instill that in my kids that I coach on a day-to-day basis there you go hey well man we appreciate you bro coming through taking the time man I'm so happy to see you doing good man it seems like such a long time ago back in 09 <laughs> street so man it's good to see you as always bro man all day man guys i appreciate it man you guys continue to do what you do continue to empower us as as players uh the platform that you guys are holding that that's what it's about that positive that positive change and i appreciate what you guys are doing because it does take courage it takes a lot of courage to be able to step out and to do something like what you guys are doing and give us the voice that that we haven't had in, in the National Football League. So thank you guys so much for you doing. Thanks for having me on. I love you guys and great, good luck, man. Good luck. Yes, sir. Appreciate, Appreciate you, man. man. Appreciate you coming to Old Heads Night. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it, man. So good to see G, man. Like you said, played together uh, since his retirement. He's you, you can Google him. There's been articles and stuff to see his progression. And to see him doing well, uh, such a such a good dude, man. Just would give you the shirt off your off his back uh, if you needed it. Um, for you guys, just a quick reminder: you can go get the FanCred app, download it in your app store. Once you get on it, sign up and all of that good stuff. Then all you have to do is search on air. You'll see double coverage with the McCordy twins. You click that, get in line, and you get a chance to get on and be able to come face to face and be able to ask me and Dev a question. So go ahead and do that. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the Facebook chat. A lot of people keep talking about Cam Newton. Get Cam Newton on. Get Cam Newton on. 
Uh, we try to get people on that you don't get much content from. Like you could you could jump on Cam News Instagram and <laughs> a lot of content from him. And, and I like to we'll get to know the guy. Like sometimes like text him. Like I don't have his number. Like I don't well, hell, know. Uh, I, I think this is good. Martha said, "Wish you would have Dwayne Allen on your show." That's actually a good one. I'm going. We're going to try to get in touch with Dwayne and try to get him on. But we got Zach uh, coming up next on the fan line. But uh, Dwayne would be a good one, man. I think he's doing some good stuff in retirement as well. What's up? How you guys doing tonight? Oh, I'm coming live from the pool. Okay. What's up, Zach? What's up? How you doing? Doing good. So today I wanted to know when you guys were kind of transitioning from college to the NFL, did you have like a welcome to the big leagues moment? Hmm. You got one off the top there? Uh, mine was the first, my first play uh, in the NFL. We played Cincinnati um, and it's back when they had T.O. and uh, Chad Johnson. First play of the game, they run a, a fade route to T.O., um, and you always hear when you're the rookie corner out there, like they're going to attack you, they're going to attack you. All preseason they said that, but, like, in the preseason, no one game plan. So, like, it didn't really happen. And first play of my career, T.O. runs a 40- to 50-yard bomb, and I just break it up. And that was my, like, all right, like, you in the NFL now, like, you better get ready for a long season of people coming at you. So I always tell people I was happy I broke that pass up because if not, that probably would have been a, a pretty bad career. I probably wouldn't still be in the NFL. If your first play is T.O. catching the ball on top of your head. I, I would say for me, it was just being there. I remember my first ever game was on the roll uh, versus Pittsburgh. I think it was a Sunday night game. The Titans was coming off that 13-3 and three, uh, record. And just going out there, I was on mostly special teams, going out there on kickoff. And I remember being in the huddle, just looking up in the stands and like that realization like, dang, I'm actually, I'm actually in the NFL. Uh, so it, that was, I would say, would be my, my welcome to the league moment of just not even being able to believe, like, wow, I'm actually out here living out my dreams. Uh, so that would be my moment. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you, man. Enjoy your swim. Yep. Happy 200, uh, 200th episode. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know that. Did you know that? It was 50, 50. He, 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 uh, he dated us a little bit. We, we 50 all. That's that's what happens when you get old. There you go. Uh, Matthew, Deb, Deb, uh, during Super Bowl 51, what were your thoughts going into halftime uh, being down big? Uh, just thinking, can we come back? Uh, you just try to um, continue to just chip it away, small bites. And um, I think that's what you have to do, especially we kept telling each other, it's a long game. We'll see. And then I think for a lot of us, it was like, all right, man, if this is it, like, let's continue to play with some pride and respect. Like, let's not sit here and just continue to get blown out. Um, and I think then that turned into, all right, we got a couple good plays. All right, let's put this play. Again. And next thing you know, you're back in the game. Um, and then it's like, all right, let's just continue to execute and find a way to win. Um, and when you look up, you win, you know. But it was a, it was an interesting game of just a lot of back and forth. So, um, obviously, one of the, the most up and down, high emotional games I've ever played in. Um, but yeah, I was ready to game I was, overall. I was ready to give up on y'all. I was just like, man, what what are we doing here? Uh, Dev Ellen asked, did you have any? What was your rookie year out? What was your rookie year injury or anything that you went through? My rookie year, I fractured my ribs. 
okay. uh, against Chicago. And then uh, sat out for two practices, came back on Friday. Um, and then we played Green Bay on Sunday night football. And I got my first sack with a, with a hairline. It was only a hairline fracture, though, in my rib. It wasn't like the big boy fractures. It was, it was small. Well, I know Ellen's asking that because I know she helped put you together. So <laughs> uh, we got Ben coming up uh, next on the fan line. You got you got you some wine over there. You didn't see me just drinking it. Try not to look at you. What's up? Ben? How you doing, man? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. All right. So my first question for you guys is: What were you guys' reactions to the Patrick Mahomes deal, the extension, the ten-year? $503 million extension. Um, what do you guys think about it? Man, I guess we didn't address that. Man, I was excited. I think whenever you see somebody get paid like that, um, you, you're, it's, it's big for the entire league. I mean, he signed the richest contract in sports history. Uh, his dad's a baseball player, and he got him some baseball money. So uh, <laughs> probably need to shoot him a DM, start following him on IG, and see if we can become friends because uh, he's going to be getting paid a lot of money for a long time. Yeah, man, I think it's awesome, you know, and I think what happens in our business, too, is as soon as he signed the deal, it was like everybody was like, oh, let me find out what's wrong with this deal. Let's look. And I just think it's awesome to see, you know, to not only sign a big deal like that, but really change the structure and the mentality of what guys will do in the future. Like some future quarterbacks might not like that or they might fall in love with signing a long deal like that. But um, just to see his thought process, and I think, Obviously, I think Brady's career had a lot to do with guys understanding now of like, how can I sign a great deal, but also give the team a lot of flexibility to be a good team and win championships. And it seems like he thought about that. So it'll be interesting. You know, a lot of a lot of years will go by and I'll be at home watching. And I'll be telling stories of how I played against this guy, Pat Mahomes, when he was young. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if he's doing Brady like stuff, you know, 10 years, five, 10 years from now you know, five Super Bowls, six or so. Um, I'm interested to see. I thought he gave himself a chance to do that, um, and we'll have to see how it all works out. Yeah, I saw him play in person against Brady, that 43-41. Uh, the Pat said, the guy's incredible. I mean, yep. pretty unreal. If you're going to give anybody a 10-year deal, he, he would be the yeah. guy. <laughs> uh, and then my second question is, uh, if you had to play any other position, uh, besides your position you're playing right now on the field, what position would you guys be? That's easy. Backup quarterback. <laughs> when you when you when you want to figure it out why, just go and Google contracts for whoever your favorite backup quarterback is over their career. These guys play 10 plus years, make probably 20 million dollars, and you never have to play. You're just hanging out on the bench, chewing sunflower seeds. Uh, one of the you're probably one of probably the smartest guy on the team. You know the entire offense. Get you a few preseason games. Hopefully the starter stays healthy. You walk away from the game 12 years later, fully healthy, with a lot of money in your bank account. So if I had to do it, I'm going that backup quarterback route. That's part of the difference between us. I'm going to play. This. I'm going to be Tom Brady. I want to be a starting quarterback. I want to. I'll back you up. I want to be. I want to be winning all the Super Bowl rings. So. Uh, I'm, I'm taking Tom Brady's arm, bro. What you mean? If I'm your backup and you win in the Super Bowl ring, so am I. <laughs> I'm getting the defense ready. <laughs> Definitely. All right, thank you. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Deb Nadine asks, do we ever argue? Uh, all the time. 
Yeah, especially I've been hanging out at Dev's house, so I got to get them right. So I'm teaching them how to be a, a, a better husband, teaching them how to be a better dad, uh, teaching them, you know, uh, better ways to take out the garbage. All those all those things around the house since I've been here. How long I've been here? This is going on two weeks now, almost, I guess, two and a half weeks. So I decided uh, from Nashville to come quarantine at Dev's house. Like I said, he has a pool and stuff here. So it's a lot of free amenities uh, that you can't get elsewhere. Free amenities. So. Hey, Jay, what, is, what does your shirt say? Uh, I don't know. It's a Jordan shirt. The uh, Space Jams. Caitlin said, "I was all, I'm always our favorite." Shout out, Caitlin. How Sanu and Harry doing? Um, honestly, no idea. No. <laughs> um, here you go. Um, do you think a dynasty is possible when one player is taking such a huge chunk of a salary uh, in the salary cap era? Obviously, this is relation to Pat Mahomes. I think Dev just kind of answered that. Uh, from what everybody's saying, the way it was structured, is structured, uh, his cap hits aren't actually that bad. I think his cap hit coming up this year is extreme. I think it's like five mil. Yeah, it's extremely low. So I think they tried to structure his deal in a way uh, to do so. But I always say it's not a player's job to make sure the cap works out to build a team. That's why there's management and people that get paid a lot of money to learn how to maneuver the cap and build a team uh, so that you can win. As a player, once I play well and I've earned my contract, I want my money. I'm not I'm not the GM, uh, I'm not the salary cap guy. So to me, it's not a player's responsibility to figure out how a cap situation works. But I do think there are players that do a really good job of, hey, the money's there and we're figuring out ways to finesse it and massage the cap so that we can make sure we get uh, the guys that we need on the team to continue to build a winning team. I agree with you. And um, we'll see how it all plays out. I think that's the thing that's great about football. Everyone will have a bunch of opinions, but we won't know until it all plays out. So we'll see how his contract works out right now. That team is stacked. So um, it'll kind of work out. It'll work itself out. So we'll see exactly how it goes. Yeah, exactly. And I, uh, yeah, and I think, I mean, their, their team this year is already uh, set with whatever they had coming up. So, um, but we got uh, our next guest on. Um, oh, we got our guy Marcus coming up. I'm sorry, next on the fan line. Let's bring Marcus on uh, while we're trying to get uh, our next guest all settled up. Let's get Marcus on. My man, Marcus. What's up, you guys? What's going What's on? What's up, man? What's up, man? How you doing? Good. My girlfriend wants to say hi to you guys. Annie, you, you heard that? Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, That's my girlfriend, Annie. Yeah. Hey, Annie. Okay, so um, I did have a, a, a question for you guys. How do you feel about uh, playing since only two games in the preseason? Because it was cut down during this whole uh, COVID-19. So how do you feel about that? Go ahead, Jack. Oh, yeah. I would say um, – I feel like it's something that Corona has forced all of us to make adjustments. And I think that's going to be part of an adjustment as a league we're going to have to make. And, um, and to me, that's assuming that we're actually able to play those two preseason games. So I think we're going to have to do some things. We haven't played football in so long. Uh, we're going to probably need a longer period of time to get acclimated and just practicing uh, with ourselves before we go against uh, anybody. So I see a lot of positives from having those two preseason, ga preseason games, but I also see positives. Uh, to not having them. But I think right now the most important thing is just trying to get to camp and get things going. Yes, and also, about uh, those Chiefs, they can never be a dynasty like the Patriots are because, come on, the Patriots are 
There you go, Tobias. There you go. My man Marcus says there will be no dynasty. It doesn't matter about Mahomes' contract coming from Marcus. Exactly. So it's totally disgusting about hearing about that. And also, I just think that it's just ridiculous because I just think that, uh, you know, the only team to build a dynasty has been always been the Patriots because also it's just that this whole dynasty talk towards that team is just nonsense. Oh, that teach team. Since the Patriots are the number one and only, I mean, only the Patriots number one dynasty, there can never be another dynasty like the Patriots. There you go. Yes. We'll, we'll leave it right there, like you said it. Marcus said, Patriots, only dynasty that matters. Exactly, yo. So, um, do you also know my birthday is also the same birthday as Robert Kraft? That's what what day is that? June what? Uh fifth, June fifth. June fifth. Okay, there we go. So I, I think that's it. Oh, especially I do want to give a, a huge shout out to uh DPN Sports Talk Ray Route and a shout out to uh Connor Kamakari. And then uh I think that's it. That's so, there we go. Good to see you, man. I just appreciate thank you so much. Or you heard that side out from the last one. I totally send that to her. And you yes, guys are awesome. And I'm repping the greatest all the time. The goat. The goat. There we go. Appreciate you, man. Classic now, man. My guy Marcus came through with a shout out. Uh, Martha said, Do you know when you have to be at camp? We do not. We uh we do not. we uh we not, we have not got any letters for report dates. Um, just to give you like a, a understanding of that, usually when we leave the facility from mandatory mini camp, that would be which which is usually in the middle of June. We break. already got a letter with what day you have to be back. So it just goes to show everything going on and the communication between the PA and the NFL of trying to get everything to work out. Um, I think that's what's kind of been the holdup of having a report date. Yeah. So. It'll be interesting. Uh, I'm assuming, but I, at the same time, if there's if a, a letter is sent out and there's a report date, then at that time, guys will be heading to camp or choosing. I'm not playing one or the other. So uh, this whole thing is very confusing. There's a lot of things like swirling about, like guys opting in, guys opting out. Got somebody asks if guys don't play, will the contract just get bumped to next year? Those are questions that guys are asking that there aren't answers to yet. So um, when you ask if a guy's going to opt in or opt out, there's no option in your contract. As of right now, there is no opting in, opting out. That doesn't uh, exist. So um, right now, the only thing that I can uh, guarantee you is that there are a lot of questions and not a lot of answers. So uh, you'll hear that from every guy. There's been a ton of calls, and each call, maybe one or two things get answered, but there's a 100 more uh, where guys are still trying to figure it out. I, I'm hoping that changes this week. So we'll we'll have to really see um, exactly how that goes. But um, it seems like there has been some type of movement. I guess it hasn't seemed like it, but you know movement has to be coming because this is getting too close. <laughs> no, that's very true. That's very true. Um, Ellen asks, who plays the harder position, D-Mac or J-Mac? 
Oh, that's easy. Uh, I definitely I definitely played a harder position. And I'm not going to let Deb respond to that because Marquise is ready and we're getting ready to bring our next guest on. Deb plays safety and it's an easy position. He just talks about it. All right, man, let me give my guy a proper uh, intro. We got my man Marquise Cole, grew up in Chicago, uh, went to Northwestern for college. So, I mean, uh, he's supposed to be a smart guy. We can go to Northwestern. Uh, signed with Oakland, uh, undrafted free agent in 2007. Uh, was waived by Oakland, signed in Tennessee, practice squads in between there, signed in New Orleans, and then finally Rex Ryan and the Jets signed him. So all you Patriots fans that are watching, uh, Keith loves Rex Ryan. So um, yeah. he signed him in 2009, and he should love him because there he became a, a player, special teams killer. And then in 2012, he signed with the Patriots. When we became friends, um, I used to have to block him up and lock him up on the Jets. And then he came to our team, taught him how to be great. Um, and then <laughs> and made a trip to the Super Bowl in 2013. Uh, and now he's retired and currently living in sunny Arizona. As you can see, it's still daytime over there. He's living a good life. Welcome yeah. to the man. I got that T-shirt. It's a good T-shirt. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Appreciate it. What's up, J-Rock? My dog. What's up, man? How you doing, man? So uh, we'll get right into it. Since leaving the game, uh, how's how's life been? What you been up to? Uh, what you been doing? Uh, what's it been like? Uh, shit. Oh, wait. First, before I start, what? How can I talk on here? However you want, man. All right, cool. I just, I mean, I've got to be respectful. But uh, shit. Uh, life is it's just take it day by day. You know what I'm saying? Um, when when you first get out. You got certain certain things you got to figure out, but once you figure them out, it's just like everything else. Once you find your routine, then you in your routine. No doubt. When you no say doubt. that, like, just had to figure things out. Like, how was that? Like, I know for you, like, I know you personally, obviously, for married kids. How was that? Just figuring out. You know, you were living in Chicago. Now you're in Arizona. How was that? Like, you know, what was one of the biggest challenges of figuring out everything of what you want to do next, how to be a great father, how to be a great husband. Like, what were some of the bigger challenges of that? Uh, well, one of the biggest things I had to go through, I had to go through the whole medical joint with the uh, NFL. So I went through that whole process, and that took years to get uh, all finalized. So I went through that. But besides the whole getting your body right, mentally, just understanding that life goes on in a different direction, though. So... The same game plan and everything that you go through for football and stuff, you know, you, we, we are creatures of habit. So once you get your habit, you understand that, you know what I'm saying? I, I need a practice time. I need this film or whatever it may be. You just find ways to incorporate it into regular life. So with me, well, first I did some coaching back in uh, Illinois before I moved out to AZ. But then just moving out here, um, still going through some concussion and all this other stuff. but with the kids, it's easy for me. I mean, y'all got kids. I think kids make it a lot easier. And for me, it makes life make more sense because nothing they do makes sense, but they perfect <laughs> in the way that they are. You know what I'm saying? You you see them do shit and you're like, bro, what the fuck is you doing? But then you're like, oh, I'm supposed to teach you that thing. So you gotta <laughs> just take it for what it is. You know what I mean? So they make it a lot easier in that respect. You know, you still go through your your individual battles that depending on how you were brought up and whatever you're going through in your life. But my kids and my girl make it so much easier because 
shit. I know I'm I'm out there. So they normal, which is all over the place, brings my chaos back back in line. Now you mentioned going through kind of the whole medical stuff with the NFL, not to get in your business or to go into too many details, but a lot of people don't know what any of that means. So what's it like when you because we always talk about how physical and how brutal our game is. Uh, when you walk away, what's that like going through that process and figuring out, like, hey, am I good? Do I need this? Do I need that? Uh, it, it's actually it's pretty weird. So, like, I mean, I played. I played in New York. I played New England defense, special teams. But I didn't play as much as y'all play. I ain't about to sound like that. So you would think, like, man, he ain't do as much as he ain't bang around like I banged around. You got me fucked. Well, nah, that ain't true. So I go start going through the medical stuff. And, you know, at first you just go and see about the different benefits they got, line of duty stuff, you know, just to get your body checked out. So the things that I think are normal, you know, my back hurt a little bit, my shoulder, my knee, you know, just regular stuff. And then you start going to get x-rays and MRIs and they like, nah, bro, that ain't, your, your neck ain't supposed to be like that. Your shoulder ain't supposed to be like that. You know what I'm saying? So shit, all that what I think is regular ended up being a whole bunch of stuff, you know what I'm saying, I had to deal with. So flying is different now with the new CBA, but shit, I had to fly. Man, I was in California. I was in D.C., uh, Florida. They had me flying all over the place to see different doctors just to get MRIs over here so he can tell me I'm fucked up. And then, but I'm kind of good. I'm fucked up, but I'm kind of good. So he just sent me to the next doctor to tell me I'm fucked up, but I'm kind of good. And they just send you all around. So I did that. But like I said, it was probably about, I don't know, longer time, damn near two years. Mm. And I think people but, understand that but, they always are like, man, you guys got the great health insurance benefits. And it's, man, it, no. it's like, it's like my mom collected disability. You got to jump through hula hoops on fire sometimes like you just said hey go see this doctor they hoping that you miss your flight oh you didn't see that doctor oh we can't get it for you so hoping yeah. hoping hoping that you miss it. i mean i got stories and stories i ain't gonna take all your time but yeah it's crazy the medical stuff it gets weird in the medical world and you see how like the things that like i would play in the game with like oh no you good when i was in new york bro because i wanted to make the team i had hurt my shoulder and otas and everything but i'm like shit. I wish I would say something. Missed my opportunity. I played the whole season. We go into the playoffs, and it was right before the last game. And I'm like, bro, I just want to get an MRI. And I get an MRI. I had a torn rotator cuff. It had been torn all year. But it was my norm. I'm like, I got a little bit of little sting in my shoulder, but I'll ice it, stem it. I'll be good. But we go through mm-hmm. our life thinking that's normal, whereas a uh, regular civilian be ready to chop their motherfucking arm off for the same joint. So, you know what I'm saying? Our, our normal, once you go to the a regular, not a regular, but, you know, civilian doctor and not the one that's trying to get you back to play, they like, nah, man, you need surgery. I had so many surgeries set up, my back, shit going on my back, my neck, my shoulders, that they was, like, ready to schedule. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm good, man, I'm straight. But they like, nah, man, people don't walk around like this. Mm. But it's the way we live our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what is what is like one hobby I, I already know, but that you've been doing a ton of uh, since you've been retired. I mean, I'll just go ahead and say like me uh and him and, and this other guy that we got coming on next, Marcus Forson, will be in a group chat 
and we all got into listening to audiobooks. Well, me and Queese, Mark is still behind a little bit. But this dude would be like, I'm like, yeah, I said, I was like, man, I think over the last year I read like eight books, man. Like, and this dude was like, yeah, man, I, I read like 43. I was like, what? And how's that game just reading? And, and I think something that we kind of took for granted as players, I think we all think like the world revolves around us when we're playing. Like, and it's true for a lot of years, you got people waiting on you in the facility. A lot of times our wives construct our whole off season and livelihood around what we do. How has it been just having time to sit back and read, go to your kids' games, just all of the hobbies and stuff you get to do now that you thoroughly enjoy? Nah, man, it's beautiful. It's beautiful because then you just, you get a you get to change your perspective of life. You know what I'm saying? So like you say, reading is like, so I went, when I was going through some of my concussion shit, um, I'm talking to the dude and I'm like, look, bro, I don't need you to tell me I'm fucked up. I know what's going on. I just need you to tell me, let's say I was fucked up and you didn't want to let me know. What would you tell that person to do to like help combat whatever they got going on? And he was like, man, your brain's like a muscle. So like feed it, you know what I'm saying? Keep working that muscle out. So he was like, make sure you do like puzzles and read books and do like audio shit. So I'm like, bet. Because as long as you tell me there's something that I can do to help myself, shit, I'm going to do that thing. So after he said that, it was shit, my shit go through the roof. But so to sit back and read and understand, like I say, to change your perspective and perception of life and get it from not what they were taught, how it was taught to you, but the way you teach it to yourself. It's, it's cool, man, because then you get to talk to these little turds over here and shit like like people always ask me because people see my son doing stuff or whatever. It's the coolest thing is I get to teach my kids like the way to think, not like what to think. I don't tell them how to think. Or, I just teach them a way to think, like a free way of thinking of don't think, don't think responsibly. Think originally. So we do the responsible thing. That's, that's what fucks us up a lot. So I don't teach them about the responsible thing because that's going with the status quo a lot. So I teach them just do what you what you think is the right thing because that's what we all do anyway. So shit, just being able to talk to them and be around them and teach them things that nobody would ever even came close to thinking about teaching me when I was younger. It's fucking cool. Regardless of all the fucked up shit I had to go through. Somebody asked Frank asked Yo, what's up, fellas? Quish, you still got that ball from that alley-oop interception against the Dolphins that you and D-Mac had? Yeah, I do. It's for the basement. It's for the basement. I do got it. I do got it. And I got to ask, who is the best athlete in the house right now? Not ever, but if you had to pick the best athlete in the house, um, I, I my bad, Rebecca, but I don't think you're too high on Rodgers. No, no. She's at the bottom. MJ. My daughter. Smooth? What? Yeah, Bro, I got videos of my daughter doing. She's in a hand. She do gymnastics. She in a handstand. She does three push-ups in a handstand. Bro. How old is she? She's six. Smoothie, come here, baby. Oh, come baby. Here, so where they where your kids get the athleticism from? I don't know. Yeah, I'm about to say because I know it's not you. <laughs> say how to do and J Rock. Say what's up. Hey. Say hi. Say hi, Chunk. Look at me. Hello. <laughs> Get, get the hell out of here. Get about it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do your thing. Go ahead. Get out of here. Fuck me up. Fuck me up on the podcast. Nah. <laughs> yeah, but no, my, son, my son's pretty athletic, dude. He go out there. He he work his ass off. Uh, Last week, last week, I think it was last week, we was working out. 
and he do box jumps. And he's doing like, bro, he was doing like 38 inches. So we was outside, he was doing some football stuff. So then we come in the crib. So I go in the garage and I'm like, dude, you're not doing 38. So I put 42 on and I'm thinking, this is about to impress the hell out of me. So he do 42. And he was like, man, that was pretty easy. So he did like two sets of five. So then he do three sets of five. So in his third set, he go up to 44. So I'm like, oh, dope. So he do it. He jump up there. He amps. So I'm like, bad. So I'm out there. I'm just moving around. And then this dude, I the six. So I'm like, oh, you going to keep going? 50 inches, bro. Dude jump on 50 inches, 12 years old. Trip me out. It tripped me out. That's awesome, man. Well, as always, man, we appreciate you stopping through, shedding some light on the time, and showing the enjoyment in the sunny Arizona uh, yeah. weather. Man, keep doing your thing, and uh, always good to see you, bro. For sure, for sure, man. Hey, soon we're going to hook you up with that J-Mac and D-Mac Baldy, bro. You don't got to wear a hat. No, hey, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm back, baby. I'm back, baby. <laughs> All right, bro. We'll holler at you. All right, bro. All right. Yeah. That's my guy, man. We used to always be, when we were in New England in the offseason, we used to always go out and eat with all the DBs. Um, all good times, man. It was at my wedding. Uh, that, that's a close friend of mine. Uh, started out as rivals of always trying to block him when he was a gunner on the Jets. And I remember we, when we signed him, and, like, you know how you sign a guy that's, like, a special teams guy? So, like, some people probably, like, man, they don't even know who that is. When we signed him, I was like, well, at no, least exactly. I don't have to block him no more. <laughs> so no it started off right away, just a friendship. So it was awesome. It's been awesome to kind of just build that friendship through the years. No doubt. I see Kesnell in the comments. What's up, Kesnell, K-Fit? Um, here you go, Dev. It's, uh, Kate said, hey, guys, what's it like being underneath a pileup like when Dev recovered the Nick Chubb fumble last year? That's a funny one because I actually remember because we both dove in. And I can remember, like, trying to, like, grab O's arm from trying to reach for the ball. But it, it's like it all depends on the pile. Some piles you get on the bottom of, and, like, guys will be laughing in the pile. But then you'll have some piles in there. I remember Coach Shiano used to always say it in college. When you go to recover a fumble, you you got to get in the fetal position. You cover every point of the ball. You bite down on your mouthpiece, and you squeeze your butt cheeks because you never know what's going to go on uh, underneath the pile. So it's always safety first. Yeah, it's not enjoyable. I remember getting up. It was a rainy day, so I had all of the black petals, uh, the rubber pedal, pedals, pedals things in my face, in my eye. From because when when the ball's loose, you just dive. You don't think like, man, I'm about to dive and protect. Like you just dive all in to try to get them. Especially a play like that where all of us miss the tackles first. So you running as hard as you can, and Jay Jones punches the ball. And now it's like, all right, let's get the ball. And I remember my first ever fumble recovery, jumping on the ball and, and, and end up with the ball. They took they took the ball from me. I, like, I'm on the bottom, and I remember hearing Bill the whole preseason, like, when that ball's loose, we got to get on. And, like, you come up from that, and I thought you had it. What happened? They got it. They took it from me. Like, I had it. I was squeezing. They just took it from me. So um, the bottom of the pile is no fun. Like, I don't care what anybody says. It's not fun until you get up with it and you're like, I got it. Like that, that moment is cool. But other than that, like you don't want to be that guy at the bottom what, of that. What a, what a chump. You was that little kid that went to the park and you had to go home because somebody took your ball. Uh, but we got Frank uh, coming up next on the fan line. We got Frank coming up next. 
Hey, Miss Velez. Hey, Barbara, how you doing? She said, hey, fellas. That's a throwback from when we was growing up. Hey, how's it going, fellas? What's up, man? Nice to see y'all. Likewise, bro. What y'all sipping on? <laughs> A wine, man. Hey, man. Nice, nice. Hey, that's why you need one of those cigarettes, like in um, Longest Yard, when you're at the bottom of the pile, just burn somebody <laughs> real quick, right? I don't know if they're allowed that. <laughs> Been a fan of the Patriots for a while now, and I mean, you guys are freaking awesome. Obviously, there's only ever been like three moves that wanted to happen and actually happened. Well, four now, I guess. Uh, one was Hightower when we drafted him, right? Another one was when we got Martellus Bennett eventually. I always wanted us to get him, and then uh, Jay Mack was one of them. I was always like, yo, give him a Cordy's brother, like, why not? You know, I appreciate that. So, so when we finally got you, I was like, dope. That's dope. And now that we got Cam, it kind of came out of nowhere because, you know, Tom left and I was like, all right, cool. It's time for a change, whatever. But I was like, there's only really one free agent that I would be, like, psyched if we got, you know? Mm -hmm. And all my friends were like, it's not going to happen, man. It's not going to happen. Just let it go. We don't, you don't got the money. And I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. So when that came up out of nowhere, I was like, yo, Okay, that's a little different. But, um, I mean, I just wanted to know real quick, are you guys, like, ever, I mean, surprised anymore, like, of any of the moves we make? Or are you just like, yeah, that's how it happens? Dev, that's not for you to do. But before you do that, I will say all the people he mentioned have won Super Bowls with the Patriots. So, it's the prior three moves, so hopefully you keep that rolling. But go ahead, Dev, you've been there longer. I, true. All three of those moves were kind of – Yep, yep, I agree. I want to say every once in a while you get surprised. Um, you know, like even like last year when we signed Antonio Brown, like I thought it was yeah. I thought a chance, um, but you still get a little surprised because I think everyone gets linked to us. Like as soon as something happens, everyone's always like, the Patriots are signing the Patriots. So then you'd be like, man, we're not going <laughs> to So then like it happens and, and you're surprised, but like, even when you're surprised a little bit, you're not fully surprised. Like even when we were keen to leave, like at that time, he seemed super wild, and people were like, "Why?" And we get we get leave and like awesome teammate. Um, and, and like you just said, the people, the other people you've mentioned have been great Patriots and, and come and had great years. Whether it's been a year, a couple yeah. years, all really shine um, on our team. So. Um, you just trust in our, our front office, Bill, Nick Casario. You trust in those guys. I feel like they do a great job of finding guys that are not only good players, but that they really feel will fit uh, what we got going on. Right, right. No, um, I agree that uh, that Antonio thing was kind of kind of out of nowhere last year too. Okay, okay. But um, so I got two questions. Well, actually, one is kind of a request. The first one, um. So for you guys, um, what is your favorite dish that your mama cooks, and why do you think like that's my favorite dish, and she only gets the right like I don't know flavor to it or whatever? What is it for each of you? Uh, growing up, I would say um, always my probably my mom's mac and cheese. Um, it was always crispy uh, in the right spots, uh, super cheap. Uh, so that mac and cheese, whenever she made that, uh, you knew she made a lot of it. You knew I was going to be in that for the next two or three days. 
Mine was <laughs> all right. Pork chops. Pork chops and gravy was fire. See, she, pork she used to put Dev's pork chops and gravy, but she would just fry mine and not put them in the gravy. So she actually gave us, <laughs> we had a little bit of a restaurant feel, a little Burger King feel, had it for Okay. She would do that for us. That's awesome. All right, man. Well, I'm going to let you go after this. I just wanted to say, I know you guys probably haven't even, you know, met him yet or whatever. So I'm hoping there's a season. If down the line, at any moment, you guys can tell Cam, hey, we had a guy on our podcast say, rock the straight back cornrows this year. <laughs> I know I know he's got the hairstyle that's awesome or whatever, but I need him on on a mission this year. So I need the Kawhi Leonard. Okay. That's something we got to pass on. I got The classic ludicrous look. He got game. Okay. We're going to hey, we pass yes. that on, man. Yes. I need him to look serious. I mean, I know he's got a real winter now, so the coats are going to be epic, but I need that hair to be like, you know, serious business. Hey, I love <laughs> the sound of it, man. Hey, man, I hope you guys have a great year, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, man. Until next time. Yes, sir. Here we go. Good question. If you guys didn't make it to the NFL, what other sports you think would fit y'all? Or would you make it or would you make it in any other sport? Good. I mean, basketball would fit me. Would I make it in basketball? That might be a reach. Maybe I'd be able to play professional somewhere. NBA would probably be a huge reach. Um, but I like to believe that I'd be in the NBA. Um, but I highly doubt it. Yeah, I highly doubt it too. But that would be my dream. I would just uh, need to get a little bit taller. So I don't know uh, how I would make that happen. A lot of prayer. Uh, but yeah, football was probably it uh, from a sports standpoint. Uh, Nadine asks, uh, Jay, are you fully recovered from your injury? Yep, I've been uh, fully recovered out here working out with DMAC, uh, getting it in, assuming that there will be a training camp at some point. So yeah, we'll be in there working out tomorrow, 7 a.m. So Nadine, that's why we use just one glass of wine, no crazy pour. Uh, Got to lock in. One glass, though, is good for the heart. So, No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I think I think my man, I think my man Forsen, I don't know, I think he might be all messed up. And we already had, we already had 9 o'clock, so we might have to catch him next oh, week. Yeah, we might have to catch him next week, man. No doubt. You, well, do you have anything to leave the people with? Um, I do have something to leave the people with. I was actually, you know me, I'll be, I'll be in here writing it down. Let me see. Oh, here we go. I'm about to you, come, come prepare, man. Yeah, man. Uh, one of the things I think that, that I want to pass on to people is just take time to be with yourself, to be alone with yourself. Um, it's a great time. Call it prayer. Call it meditate. Call it self-reflection. Uh, whatever you want to call it, I think just at some point in the day, daily, whether, you know, for me, it's the first thing in the morning when I wake up, just take time to just be yourself, um, be comfortable and thinking about things or how you want to execute your day, your week, your months. Um, just have a good time doing that. Um, and then second, as I'm on self, also have a good time with friends. You know, uh, I guess that was the other day. Jason and myself got to get up with some of our, our friends dating back to middle school and high school um, and just spending hours of just talking um, about positives, negatives, our journeys, our growth, 
um, our sad times, our happy times. Uh, just take time to really invest in each other and your good friendships um, and enjoy those moments. So that's what I would pass on today. And I think at the end of the day, as long as you wake up and you say, Mama, we made it, you're doing all right. Can't leave out on a better note uh, than that. Uh, so appreciate you guys for tuning in to another episode of Double Coverage. As you guys know, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, go out there. Make sure double coverage with the McCoy turns. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. And for next week, make sure you guys go get that fan credit app and get a chance to come on side by side with Devin and myself and be able to ask us a question. So uh, enjoy you guys week. Hopefully there's an update on the season. If not, we'll see you here next week and we'll be discussing it. See you later.